Oh, hey there. Don't don't mind me in this USC jersey. Don't mind me in this USC jersey. USC is back. I'm back. San Francisco 49ers, they're back. Playoffs are back. Let's talk about it right here on the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I am your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back Eric Crocker. And also, as you can see, somebody representing USC today. Also, you know, of course, we're going to talk about 49ers, where they're headed. All right, we got a couple cool things on the docket today. We got who is Jimmy Garoppolo, all right, because I saw some, a lot of people upset about Jimmy Garoppolo and kind of what was going on early in the game. We'll talk about that. 49ers playoffs, you know, what's you know what's going on with that? Where are they seated right now? How is everything kind of laying out? Uh, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, let's talk about some of their usage. Debo, a little banged up, but, you know, doesn't sound like anything too too crazy. Eliza Mitchell and, uh, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, his trade talk. So we're going to get into all that and more. But first, make sure y'all hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, all that good stuff. We're talking 49ers. We're talking playoffs. It's Victory Monday. It's Victory Monday. We got some 209ers in the house. Let's go. Let's go. All right, man, let's talk about it, man. Let's get right into it. One. 49ers that beat the Minnesota Vikings 30, 36-28. I probably should know the score. Uh, but they win by eight points. Big time win for the 49ers. And, you know, I think the, the the other couple, the previous two wins, you could say, well, 49ers, they, you know, okay, they, they know the Rams. They always beat the Rams. They own Sean McVay, all right? You know, okay. Okay, good win, right? They did it in dominant fashion. Then they come out and the Jacksonville Jaguar game, I'm pretty sure we all expected them to win that game, right? Now, again, nothing's guaranteed in the NFL. They did just come off a game where they beat the Buffalo Bills. You know, I'm talking about the Jaguars. But, all right, 49ers played them and they handled business. But this was the game here that I felt like a lot of people were looking forward to. It was a game that if it were on a neutral field, it would be, you know, no, it would be a pick all right, a coin flip as to who you thought would win that game. 49ers were at home, so they were favored. At a place where the 49ers starting to pick up a little steam, be able to win more games. Always thought that home, 49ers can't win at Levi Stadium thing this year. Hadn't been for a year. I thought it was really weird. I mean, if you look at the 49ers during that time, I mean, plenty of injuries, different things going on. I, I, I thought it was more random than, oh, they just can't win at Levi Stadium. But clearly, 49ers back-to-back wins. At Levi Stadium, back-to-back home home wins, awesome. But this game here, you're playing against the Minnesota Vikings, and it's a team that is equally as talented, right? Like, you know, going into this game, again, we talked about leading up to this. They almost mirror each other. And this is going back to 2019 and how they wanted to win, right? How did, how did the Minnesota Vikings want to win in that division around playoff game? Well, they want to lean on the run game. They got Dalvin Cook. They want to get that going. And then, you know, work off play action, big shots downfield to their really good receivers, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, right? Like, that's how they wanted to win. Uh, they they wanted to lean on their defense. Well, that's the same way the 49ers wanted to win, right? Some of those same concepts, some of those same things. So, 
you look at that, you look at how that team won the win, you kind of compare that to this year. Again, it's almost like mirror images of each other again, right? Uh, both teams, five and five, coming into this game. Both teams on two games winning streaks coming into this game. Both teams, I do feel like, don't want their quarterback to have to be the reason they win, right? And when and when you start having to throw a little too much, weird things start happening with these quarterbacks when you have to start playing, uh, you know, because of the way that, you know, maybe you're down on the score and things like that. Now you have to ask more of your quarterback when you are these two teams that is not an ideal position. Now, again, not to say that they can't win that way, but that's not ideal for these two quarterbacks. So we're going to get into all that more, but real quick, I forgot to tell you guys while we're on earlier, right? Start this show 30 minutes earlier because my niece, she got to go back to Atlanta. I got to drive her to the airport at about 9.30. So that's why, uh, 9.30, my time. Uh, was that? 7.30 a.m. Pacific. So that's why we're on here earlier, 30 minutes earlier. We're not going to be as long today. <clears throat> but 49ers game, big time win over the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, I, I won't go through... We all saw the game. You guys all know how it played out. But I'm just going to talk about some of the storylines that I took from this game. And then, obviously, I'll let you guys uh, come on and talk about, you know, your thoughts on that, that whole thing. But uh, who is Jimmy Garoppolo? I saw a lot of people upset early on with how Jimmy Garoppolo was playing. And Kyle Shanahan, too. Kyle Shanahan ripped him on the sideline. My thing is, that's who the fuck Jimmy been the whole time. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. And when he's not super, super efficient in the sense of being like the highest rated efficient quarterback in the NFL, which he had been over the last four weeks, if he's not that, if he's what he normally is, there are very weird moments. That's just who he is. So with him as a starting quarterback, you you live with that. You know that. So for me to see people kind of, oh, you know, Trey Lance, well, you know, and it's like, no, this is not a Trey Lance time. All right, this is not a Trey Lance time. This is a... Jimmy Garoppolo just has to kind of work through this rough patch. As you would with any other quarterback, I think the issue with Jimmy, or even like a Kirk Cousins is, and I think, no, Jimmy, even more so than Cousins, he has certain limitations. So early on, it was clear to me that the Minnesota Vikings said, you know what, we're going to clog the middle of the field. We're going to take that away. We're going to make you throw outside the numbers. And that's not Jimmy G's strain, right? Like, what, 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 do, what, does, Jimmy do, what does Jimmy do well? He throws in rhythm well, throws in between the hashes and damn near in between the numbers very well, right? Like that's where he performs at his highest ability. He's not someone that's typically going to stretch the field vertically unless it's a schemed up shot play. And he also isn't someone who is going to throw outside the numbers a lot on drive throws. And when he starts to do things like that, he kind of can get in trouble, starts to look a little weird, right? You saw him throw outside the numbers uh, early on to George Kittle, and this was when I was like, okay, what's 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 Kyle Shanahan's changeup going to be? Because we know who your quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is, right? So Jimmy tried to throw outside the numbers. It was third down play. I tried to throw outside to uh, George Kittle, and the ball kind of floated a little bit, right? Kind of floated to him, and you're like, you know, almost got picked off. It was kind of behind him. DB could have made a play. There was a, a, a shot play down the field, down the right sideline to Debo Samuel on a double move, and Again, Debo Samuel had to like play defensive back and really made a terrific job, right? No PI, broke the ball up, did a good job there. Well, like that, that's, Jimmy is who he is. So people kind of like Trey Lance. Trey, no, no, maybe if this wasn't what I expected from Jimmy Garoppolo, I was, I, I, was, I don't 
still think I would say that. I, I know who Jimmy is. And I know with Jimmy as the starter, what exactly he brings to the table. And I know, you know, right now, ideally, the 49ers have to play a certain brand of football for him to be the best version of himself that he can be. And I think we saw that, right? We saw that at different uh, stages in the game where he did start completing passes. Now, again, things started off weird. He missed some passes, threw a pass, you know, some passes high, threw high to the running back. Uh, we, you know, we saw him throw the interception, one of the third down conversions to to our guy, uh, uh, 15, Juwan Jennings. Even the, the safety had a beat on that, you know, like where he kind of came and, and tried to rob it. And he was right there a split second away from being able to pick that off. So you could tell, like, they they knew kind of what Jimmy's strengths was, and they wanted to take that away. But ultimately, it didn't matter. I thought Jimmy Garoppolo did a good job of kind of getting back in a rhythm, uh, being able to throw some of the passes where he's comfortable with doing. Over the middle, he did a really good job throwing some passes to Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk had, you know, obviously he did terrific catching some uh, nice passes, having nice uh, run-after-catch plays, a uh, big-time clutch play over the middle, uh, kind of down the field towards – the end of uh, the first half, did a good job there. Terrific job by Jimmy Garoppolo, moving the chains, being able to, you know, pick up not just the first down because I think it was like third and 11 from like the 30-yard line, but put the 49ers in position to be able to ultimately score a touchdown. Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. So I think Jimmy Garoppolo, people are going to be upset by some of the way that that game started. But to me, again, he is who he is. And those are some of the things that you're going to get with him because when it's not – the bet there's not there's not really a whole lot of I don't want to say a whole lot of in between, but you're gonna see more of what we saw in this game from Jimmy than we are what we've seen in the previous three, four weeks or whatever it was. Jimmy, I most of the time is not probably gonna be the highest rated quarterback in the, as far as efficiency goes and QBR goes in the NFL. It's typically not gonna be him. Typically going to get more of what you saw from this game. Some weird moments. Some like, oh, you stopped throwing the ball high, right? Oh, you're going to get somebody killed maybe. But also just enough throws to where it's like, all right, you know, this is the guy who wins way more with Kyle Shanahan than loses. All right, so that was a lot of what we saw from Jimmy Garoppolo. And I kind of want to touch on that because I saw some people panicking. I asked some questions on Twitter about it like, okay, we, or I was waiting to see when, when is the team going to take away this middle of the field? They did. All right, what's he going to do? Damn, he throws that out. That's not his game. Kyle Shanahan, what are you going to do to help your quarterback? And we see, obviously, he kind of just stuck to the script, stuck to the run game, thought he did a good job. I saw a lot of people, and I didn't have uh, Kyle Shanahan on my, on my uh, notes or anything like that, but Kyle Shanahan, get back. Stop being stubborn. Get back to what you do. Get back. And, and it's like, dude. Like you can't, you can't coddle Jimmy to the point where you just, you know, don't do anything like, okay, we can't throw the ball at all. No, like you got to play football. Like you have to throw the ball. Like the NFL is a wide open game right now. You have to throw the ball. You got to throw the ball to keep teams honest. I, I get it. We, 49ers have ran a ton and eventually they got back to that last game running what, 38, 39 times. But you, you're going to have to throw the ball at some point. So a lot of people were, oh, you got to get back to what, what you did before. Stop being stubborn. Don't, don't run the ball. Got to keep teams honest. You got to play football. Got to play football. Right? So Kyle Shanahan, I thought he did a really good job of 
keeping the team balanced. I think I saw like down there at halftime, 49ers had just as many run plays as pass plays or right around there. It was a very balanced attack in the first half. Then obviously the 49ers came out second half, scored a touchdown, got a takeaway, scored a touchdown. And next thing you know, they're up 14 points. And, uh, you know, with a missed extra point from the Vikings, which definitely helped the 49ers, defense played stout enough. 49ers won the game, and that was a really good game. Again, I could talk about the Rams game, divisional rivals. Kyle has kind of owned Sean McVay. Anything can happen. All right. You know, the, the Jaguars game, like, oh, 49ers are supposed to win that game, even though it's a road game, but they handle business awesome. But this was the game where, okay, it, it didn't go according to how these other games are going, where the 49ers just really dominate those teams throughout the entire game from all aspects. 49ers are down 14-7 in this game and scored 21 unanswered points. A lot of people thought, like, hey, well, why, why, you know, 49ers, they have to win a certain way. They can't turn the ball. They can't do it. But what? And I talked about this before. We've seen Jimmy Garoppolo contribute to wins every which way possible, every which way. Whether he, whether 49ers turn the ball over, whether he turned the ball over, whether defense is playing great, whether defense is not playing great, whether he kind of has to get in the shootout, whether he doesn't have to get in the shootout. We've seen him win. Is there a more ideal way that he has to win? Yes. And I think that would be the case for anybody. Everybody keeps, 49ers got to run the ball and don't turn the ball over and play good defense. Well, that's everybody's script to win games. Run the ball well, don't turn the ball over, take the ball away, play good defense. Everybody wants to win that way, but it's not going to be like that every game. And I thought in a game like this where it didn't go perfect, they did a terrific job of responding. And that game right there was like, okay, it's a playoff team. It's a playoff team. The 49ers are a playoff team. Now, where do the 49ers stand in the standings, all right? Right now, if I'm not mistaken, they are the sixth seed, which is which is good because, again, a few weeks ago, <laughs> we would not have thought that the 49ers would be here right now. So, uh, wow, what a difference. And a lot of people were like, man, what's going to change? I'm like, man, winning cures all. Are the 49ers going to do it? I don't know. But winning cures all. And once 49ers start winning – all the, you know, the Kyle Shanahan talk and all this, that, and the other, like that, that's the, you know, the Trey Lance, we haven't even talked about him, things like that. You start winning, those, those talks go away. Now it's just focus on the next game and not focus on when is Trey Lance going to get in. 49ers are six and five right now, a half game. And obviously the Rams have one less loss and one more win, but a half game because of the tiebreaker, 49ers are half game behind the LA Rams. Awesome. They are a game and a half ahead of the next best team, the seven seed Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they play Atlanta Falcons later. They play Philadelphia. They're ahead of them. Uh, they own they own the tiebreaker as well. So 49ers are in a really good spot right now as it pertains to the playoffs, seeding, controlling their own destiny, kind of where, where they're heading right now. They're doing a great job of that. All right. And again, we talked about Jimmy Garoppolo and kind of how he has played he he is what he is. I, I thought he played well. I thought he played well. All right. <laughs> I see the comment right here. Jimmy is who who we say he is, and Vikings let him off the hook. I don't think Vikings let him off the hook. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't suck. And that's the one thing, like, I wish more people maybe could have seen that game. Because, like, even, like, what we saw early on, like, that's the worst version of Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the worst version of him. That's That's the... 
and the interception, the high throws, and that or can't throw outside the numbers, like Daniel Clock in the middle, like that's the worst. And he still rebounded from that and was able to really contribute to a win and make the throws that he needed to make and and you know move the change when he needed to move them and and not compound on mistakes. So I don't even think it was Vikings letting Jimmy off the hook. I think it was Jimmy being who Jimmy is and playing the brand of football that he plays that ultimately can lead to wins. Right? Am I right? Am I right? I did see a comment about uh, we're on kind of early. Yeah, I, I touched about it briefly. I got to take my niece to the airport. So I was like, okay, I got to come on a little earlier than expected. I appreciate everybody that's in here right now. If you haven't already, man, hit the like button. Hit the, hit the uh, subscribe button. Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. We get into it. One of my one of my uh, listeners of the Locked On 49ers podcast won $1,000 using Underdog Fantasy. And you know, you guys probably like $1,000. No way. No way. No way this guy made $1,000 doing Underdog Fantasy. But you know what? We're going to share the screen. And this is how, this how, you know what I'm saying? Underdog Fantasy, man. We get into the money. Here we go. Boom. Y'all see that? Am I able to zoom in on it? I'm pretty sure you guys can see it, right? Here we go. He had the, the under on Kirk Cousins, passing yards. He had the under on Najee Harris, under on Dalvin Cook, under on Emmanuel Sanders, and under on Joe, Joe Burrow. He put down $50, and if you look right here, it was $4,000. He won $1,000 using Underdog Fantasy. So he DM'd me like, crap, I use your promo code, Underdog Fantasy. Man, I won $1,000. So... There's real money out there, man. I don't just be talking about this underdog fantasy stuff and just talking just to talk, man. You, you really make money on there. And shout out to Kirk Cousins because uh, that was one of the key pieces. And he listened to Locked On 49ers. We told him take the under on, on Kirk Cousins' numbers. And why did I tell him to take the under on Kirk Cousins' uh, passing yards? Because the 49ers secondary isn't as bad as y'all say. And I tell y'all all the time. I tell y'all all the time. This is a game that the Vikings kind of had to try to throw the ball to get back in this game, right? They had to throw the ball to try to get back in the game. And even then, Kirk Cousins still down 14 points was not able to hit the over on his yardage, which wasn't anything too crazy. He threw for like 260 yards. That's not bad. And that's with a couple of blown coverages by the by the defensive backs, uh, maybe the safeties or whatever. You had the one Hufunga. I don't even know if it was like a blown coverage. Let's talk about it. So I don't know if it was a blown coverage by Hufunga, but he had two routes, two crossing routes kind of climbing towards him, right? And one was climbing up, and the other one, which was stealing, trailing it, and it put Hufunga in a tough spot. Do I continue to go with this Jefferson crosser, or do I stop and go with uh, Adam Thielen? And then Alan Thielen did a smart veteran thing to do because as that was happening, Hufunga was gaining depth, but Alan Thielen said, okay, you're kind of going with that. I'm just going to take it right up here. I'm going to adjust, and hopefully my quarterback sees it. The way to defend that is you got to get to the quarterback. Uh, Kirk Cousins was able to roll left by time, see him late, and then throw that ball. Pass rush gets there, keeps him in the pocket. That doesn't happen. So, you know, obviously I've been, I've been tougher on the pass rush than the secondary, but – Ultimately, I did not think that the secondary was bad. And for everybody, we got to we gotta talk about this. We got to talk about this. Y'all got to give it a rest with this Josh Norman thing. Josh Norman 
is not is not as bad. Now again, what are, what are our standards for him, right? Like my standards for Josh Norman are not that high. We're talking about somebody who did not spend any time in the offseason with the 49ers. Uh, you know, week one, he wasn't even signed. It wasn't until Jason Verrett got hurt that the 49ers brought in Josh Norman, you know, just off the street, right? Like, that's probably the best you can kind of do. But what are your standards for him? It's the same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. We talked about Jimmy Garoppolo, how he started. Well, I'm sorry. That's kind of Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to start weird sometimes, but again, he's going to come back. He's going to make up things, and he's going to contribute to a win. I don't have these high, lofty expectations for Jimmy Garoppolo aside from, hey, man, like, you know, just just play as well as you can play. And ultimately, that should lead to some wins. When it comes to Josh Norman, I don't think Josh Norman's going to shut everybody down. Nor should you. But the way y'all talk about him is like he's just this huge liability. And I'm here to tell y'all, he's not. Go look at some of these other corners around the NFL. They are, there are a lot of liabilities out there in secondaries. A lot. Then we talk about guys like, Trevon Diggs. I love Trevon Diggs. I would love him on the 49ers. I think he's a he's a go-getter. He's a risk taker. He's going to make plays. Guess what, man? Guess what? He's giving up the most passing yards in the NFL, the most penalties, like probably like the most penalty yards. Right? We're talking about Trevon Diggs, but he's take, taking the ball away eight times. And that's the name of the game in the NFL. So Josh Norman, he's out there. If he just, okay, gets the pass interference call, which I thought one of them was weak. The other one, okay, I see. But Okay, Josh Norman, if he's just out there and those things happen and he gives up the catch to uh, to Justin Jefferson and like it's like, man, there's just nothing good about Like, why is he out there? I would get it. But the fact that on any given play, he potentially gives you the, the opportunity to get the ball back by punching the ball out. And he also has an interception. He's punched out seven balls this year. He has forced seven fumbles. I repeat, he has forced seven fumbles, if I'm not mistaken, or six fumbles, six or seven fumbles, he's forced. And on top of that, he has an interception this year, right? So when you look at him, it is like, okay, you, you okay, got, got beat there. Okay. Yeah, it's like, because of the narrative on him and that he's just so bad, it's like everything that he does is like magnified. If he does anything wrong, we're talking about Josh Norman. If we, if we, if, if, if Norman does anything wrong, is see, that's why he shouldn't be playing. It's like, man, guys get beaten in the field. Like, how do you? Let's 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 talk about Justin Jefferson. Jeff, Justin Justin Jefferson has been going crazy. Jamar Chase going crazy. Uh, uh, Cooper Cup going crazy. You got all these receivers going crazy. Who do y'all think they're going crazy on? On air? No, they're destroying other DBs. <laughs> like the 49ers DBs aren't the only guys that will give up catches. Somebody's gonna give up catches. Somebody. Like there, there is there, there's very few guys that are just like, hey man, that that guy is kind of a shutdown guy, right? You got guys like Jalen Ramsey. I don't even think J. I think J. C. Jackson. If I pull up the numbers, you guys, everybody wants to sign J. C. Jackson right now. All y'all, I bet he's giving up top five most yards in the NFL. I could be wrong, but I bet, I bet. J.C. Jackson has given up top five yards in the NFL. Maybe not. I don't know. But I'm going to try to look it up. I don't want to spend too much time on it. But what I'm saying is the guys all be glorifying and thinking this and that and that we could just do so much better than Josh Norman. You're wrong, especially for what the expectations of him are. I don't expect him to be Jason Verrett. I just expect him, okay, he might get called for a holding. Okay, he might give up a catch or two. But he also might take the ball away. He might punch it out. 
He might do some things that can help. Oh man, he missed a tackle. Okay, we got him off the street. Now we can put, we can bring in Diamador Lenore. But Diamador Lenore, I saw somebody that tweeted out uh, Diamador Lenore getting roasted. Josh Norman, and it was like the greater sign, right? Like he'd rather see Diamador Lenore get whooped than Josh Norman. But my thing is, at least Josh Norman gives you the opportunity to take the ball away at any given moment. He punches out multiple balls, sometimes multiple balls in a game. Like that is, that is, that's big time to give your team opportunities. Somebody's going to get beat. Somebody's going to give up catches. Somebody is. It's every week. Like, so I get it. I'm going to bat for him. And if he just gets, if he gets picked on, like we've seen from like the guy Brian Allen last year, or like sometimes what we saw with the killer Witherspoon, it, what we saw last year from Emmanuel Mosley, who gave up 14 catches in one game. If if that happened to Norman, then I'd be like, all right, y'all, like y'all right. He gave up 14 catches like Mosley did last year in one game. But that's not what's happening to him. He's 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 been called for a penalty here and there, and he's and he's giving up a catch here and there. But it's not terrible. So we got to kind of, but it's like the moment Josh Norman gives up one play, it's like, see, he, oh, get him out. Or the pass interference, oh my gosh. It's whatever, dude. It's whatever. He's he's out there, he's making plays, got him off the street, he's doing fine. Let, let him be out there, punch passes away. Fourth down, he was, you know, he was uh, game on the line. He was right there and contributed to an incomplete pass. You know what I'm saying? So, here we go. Hold on. Um, I swear to this fan base, if you have any feedback on the player, you are a hater. Come on. Uh, I would say that I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't know who's who's the hater. I, I hope I'm not. I hope I don't sound like I'm a. I'm. I'm calling the fan base a hater, or that you guys don't know what y'all talking about. Uh, I'm not saying that. Uh, Josh Norman sucks in forced fumble here and there. Doesn't make it better. My thing is, all right, what if it were Josh Norman that got ran down the right sideline of the Philadelphia Eagles for a 70-yard touchdown that ultimately barely guys barely stopped, stepped out of bounds, so they called it back? Or what about the 91-yard reception that D'Amador Lenore gave up against the Philadelphia Eagles? Or maybe the slot fade that they called pass interference on D'Amador Lenore? Uh, a couple of other times where guys got behind them in the past was overthrown. Like we can do this. And at the end of the day, and he wasn't taking the ball away. So my thing is, and again, I'm not saying don't get Lenore in there. Like, okay, get him in. But what I'm saying is you could do a lot worse than Josh Norman in the sense of how I watch the games on play to play basis. And I'm not one of those guys that just, okay, 49ers are on. Let me turn my TV on watch 49ers. Okay, 49ers are done. Let me turn my TV off. I watch football all day. I watch college football. I watch NFL football. I see how these things are being officiated. I see the challenges that cornerbacks face. I see what Josh Norman is. I know what he isn't. I'm watching these other guys. I'm seeing what's happening around the league. And I'm telling you, you could do a lot worse than Josh Norman. A lot worse. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. I wanted to make sure I got that out the way. It is like the, the the way they talk about Josh Norman, the way I ain't gonna say y'all wrong, but y'all y'all kind of wrong. <laughs> it's not as bad as y'all think, trust me. But we get so caught up in watching like the 49ers and and every single play and 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 critiquing every play. And when you do that, 
obviously things are, other things are going to stand out to you and you kind of you get lost in the bigger grand scheme of things of how guys are playing around the NFL. So again, and, and I like Diamondo Lenore. This is not a shot at Lenore. I'm just saying I know I saw people kind of use him at oh well, Lenore should be playing, and I'm thinking like maybe, but I don't think he was just better than Norman. And again, I value taking the ball away because the NFL right now, the way the game is, one, they're calling pass interferences at an alarming rate on a lot of people. Uh, the game is so wide open. The schemes are crazy. So, you know, I mean, you're going to give up yards. You're going to give up catches. You're going to get got here and there. So if I know that's going to happen to most guys, then, all right, let me, okay, it's going to happen to Norman, but at least there's an opportunity for him to take the ball away, punch the ball away. So that's kind of my thing on that. No, this is not this is not what I said. I did not say that rookies can't make mistakes and vets are not held responsible. I think rookies are going to make their mistakes. What I'm saying is, let's say they make the same amount of mistakes. And obviously, if they're going to make the same amount of mistakes, you would say, go with the rookie, right? Right? It's like, man, if you're going to make the same mistakes as this guy, then just go with the rookie. But I value seven forced fumbles. Like that, that's big. Like that, those are game-changing. So it's like, yeah, you give up a pass and finish or you give up a catch, but you you have the opportunity on any, any given play to change the game. So that's I value that. I'm not saying Norman's great. I I hopefully they improve, hopefully they get somebody in them. I'm not saying they can't even do better than him. They, they, they can. But I'm just saying, like, it could be a lot worse. And I do value him punching punching balls out. Like that's big. It changes games. I, I hope I hope I'm making sense here. But again, let's talk about it. Let's keep talking about some things. I, we talked a little bit about Jimmy Garoppolo. Some, and I'll touch on this really quick. They talked about the trade and everything like that. Like, man, Jimmy, we knew that, right? There was a report that came out. The Ian Rappaport kind of dropped this bomb on everybody else. But as 49er fans, we, we knew what the hell was going on, right? Jimmy Garoppolo was, is playing right now for his next team. And for the 49ers, he's playing, obviously, to finish out this year, and hopefully we do great, hopefully get to the NFL. I mean, NFL, Super Bowl. But barring anything that's just crazy, which him – because even – say the 49ers get to the Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo's playing like how he's playing right now, right? And the 49ers get to the Super Bowl, and they win the Super Bowl with this style of play. I, I don't even think that guarantees him back next year because it's not anything like going above and beyond. Like, you would – I would think that this is – I don't want to say bottom level competence as a quarterback because he's had stretches of being the most elite, the most uh, efficient quarterback in the NFL. But what I'm saying is it's, it's not like, Oh my goodness, look at what Jimmy's doing. You know what I'm saying? So even if they play this brand of ball where everybody's scared of him throwing the football and don't want him to throw it and all that. Right. And it's like, damn, he's got these limitations, but they win the Super Bowl like that. That's that. How consistent can you win like that? like Super Bowls, right? So I think he's still gone. What can you get from If he wants a Super Bowl, great. Probably for sure get a first-round pick for him. Maybe a first and a third. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, we all knew Jimmy was ultimately getting traded at the end of the year. I think it's just going to come down to what are the 49ers going to get from him? What's that value going to look like? All right? So that's kind of my thing with Jimmy Garoppolo and the trade talks. My guy Brad Brown, uh, we play so physical now. Uh, 
even away from the ball, opposing teams get so frustrated during the games, they are getting pancaked. Thoughts on what Summer did? Oh, Summer, Summer said. So Zimmer said. Dude, you, you can call holding. You can call pass interference. You can call all that stuff on every play, on anybody. It just depends on what the rest feel like calling at that time. So he wants to cry about holding and stuff like that. Were there some plays? I mean, I think the Debo Samuel run, I was like, oh, they could have called holding right there. Like, yeah, they call, they could call holding. But there are so many plays where you could call holding. I mean, Nick Bosa, if if Nick Bosa, and we've talked about it, like Nick Bosa gets held maybe more than anybody in the NFL. Like that stuff is, is going to happen. And they're going to get it sometimes, and sometimes they're not going to get it. So, yeah. Zimmer, I heard him. <laughs> like. I, I love I love George Kittle's response. I thought George Kittle had the perfect response. Basically, like, <laughs> stop crying. Like, it's football. Things are going to happen. Guys are going to hold. Things are going to be called. Things are not going to get called. They're going to be bad calls, all that. Like, dude, you can't worry about that. Like, you're crying to the media because you lost the game. Like, you got beat. How about just blame, blame your guy, blame your quarterback for throwing the ball right to the linebacker. Al Shire. Blame your quarterback for missing passes. Like, Overthrowing guys. Like penalties are gonna happen. It, it, and sometimes they're gonna be missed. So Zimmer is like, come on, bro. We see this every week. Literally, every head coach can go to the media and and talk about how they miss calls against them. Every head coach. It's not gonna change a damn thing. It's not. I appreciate the contribution. Let's talk a little bit about Debo Samuel, his usage, and Ayuk. And it's crazy. Like, Debo's so good. I I don't know if I've seen a guy impact the game as much. Well, maybe George Kittle. Because George Kittle can impact the game without touching the ball, right? Like, he does a really good job of – he only had one catch yesterday. Crazy. But George Kittle had one catch on a screen route, on a screen pass. And outside of that, it's just block, blocking, right? But he's still affecting the game in that way. Doesn't mind it. Debo is a receiver – but he's also a running back, right? He's literally a running back now. <laughs> he's a receiver. He is a receiver, and he is a running back. Like, that's his usage. And he had, what, six carries, 66 yards, two rushing touchdowns yesterday, one reception, right? Finally over 1,000 yards. Tweaked the, tweaked the little hamstring or something like that or growing. Uh, it sounds like it's nothing too crazy, but they just wanted to, like, be cautious of it and hold him out. They didn't want to make it any worse. So yeah, that you know, they didn't want to make it. They didn't want to make it any worse. So sounds like he's gonna be fine. I hope so. We got Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Elijah Mitchell's playing his butt off. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's playing with a pin in his hand and still ran the ball 27 times for like 133 yards, and is roughly 300 yards shy of a thousand yards, which is crazy. He's missed three games. Playing those three games, I'd say he at the very least has a net 150 yards, and I mean we're talking about a 1400 yard rusher. So. Six games left for him to potentially reach that thousand yard mark. I think he's gonna get it. I think he's gonna get it. But yeah, uh, let's see what else I got on the docket. So that's it. I mean, obviously, I want to come on and talk about things. I, I, I went on the Jimmy G kind of rant a little bit. Uh, you know, I definitely went on the Josh Norman rant. Not as bad. Brandon Ayuk doing awesome. He's doing a great job of just okay. Whatever y'all ask me to do, like I'm gonna do it. Whatever it is that y'all ask me to do. And now I'm going to ask y'all, 
if you want to come on and talk again, I came on earlier today because I have to go to the airport. I could probably stretch this out to about 7.15 a.m. Pacific. But uh, you guys want to come on? You already know what to do. Hit that link. Come on. If you haven't already, Underdog Fantasy promo code Crocky. Go do that right now. I just showed y'all my guy made $1,000 this last week on over-unders. All right. Show y'all again. $1,000. He put up 50, but he won $1,000. So that's what Underdog Fantasy is. And I've talked about it before. And, uh, yeah, you guys can see it here. You guys can see what exactly he did. He did all unders. Under on Kirk Cousins' yards. Under on Najee Harris's rushing and receiving yards. Under on Dalvin Cook's rushing and receiving yards. Um, and hopefully, you know, Dalvin Cook's not too hurt. Under on Emmanuel Sanders and under on Joe Burrow. He put down $50. He came up 1000 So that's underdog fantasy, man. I've been telling y'all about it. People out here really get money. I win 100 here and there, 200, but I have not hit for 1,000. So that was awesome. Underdog Fantasy, download the app right now, Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com, and use promo code Crocky. Promo code Crocky. Today's Cyber Monday, huh? Got to got to look and see what kind of deals we got going on. I got my, my guy Mike coming on. Here we go, Mike. I want to hear your thoughts on the game. What's good, Mike? How you doing, What's bro? Up, oh, hold on one second. Top of the morning, bro. Before... Before we get too much into it, hold on. Let me get to this. Uh, let me get to the super chat real quick. My guy, David David Yang. Uh, someone's cousins and see he balled because he threw. Oh, say he balled because he threw the ball deep. But Jimmy had nearly identical numbers with a better QBR throwing 15 yard curls. Who cares how you get the numbers as long as you win? I would say, and I hear you, David. I think that's kind of what we were talking about with Jimmy Garoppolo in 2019, right? Like what led to wins, and a lot of it was like you know, run after catch opportunities, the slants. And if we're still getting explosive plays, which I think one of the 49ers were one of the top explosive teams in the league that year and probably still are right now, you're still getting explosive plays with how Jimmy Garoppolo throws the ball, then so be it. He had big gains by, uh, you know, even Debo's one catch was a nice game. Brandon Ayuk had three big gains. Uh, or a near touchdown to Juwan Jennings, which would have been a big game. So, yeah, I hear you, man. Uh it doesn't matter. I, I would say where it helps is it, it being able to stretch the field opens up things underneath and makes your life a little easier. But at the end of the day, when you have quarterbacks like Jimmy Garoppolo and even Kirk Cousins, sometimes because of their lack of big-time ability, sometimes they're not just able to take advantage of everything that's there and they have to play a certain brand. So, uh, But, yeah, but that, I think that can happen, you know, with any quarterback. But I hear you. Uh, Jimmy's numbers probably just as good, if not better, than Cousins in his last game. And uh, yep. yeah, 49ers all year, though, have done a really good job of limiting the big play. So part of it could have been just the defense that uh, Kurt Cousins was playing against. But I appreciate the contribution. But let's go, yeah, Mike. Think, what's good? With you, I man? think what's good, big dog. Yeah, I think uh, I think Jimmy threw 233 and oh boy, two through uh, 238 okay. as far as the yards. Yeah. So it was it was yeah. it was a pretty similar game. But, it, but we went over this with Jimmy Crack a while back, man. I don't know if you remember, but it's definitely recorded, man. We, uh, I said that without the elite run game, man, Jimmy's not, you know, he's without the elite run game, he's not the quarterback that you can expect to just throw, you know, 30 plus times in a game, man. We need an elite run game in order for his style of uh, quarterbacking to be efficient and effective, man. You saw, you, you pointed out that, out route towards uh to to Kittle that was uh, uh, 
right? That, <laughs> yeah. That took that took a long time to get there, right? We was we yeah. watched that ball for about 30 seconds, it felt like, right? But then he did one to the right, which it should be a lot easier to go to the right. And he got one to the sideline. It's a nice pass, man. It has some zip on it. It uh and it got there. But also that was probably the shorter side of the field. So that just kind of shows the strength, yeah. right? That shows his arm strength, man. But I, I like what we're doing with Jimmy and our style of running. It's winning this games. It ain't nothing to complain right. about when we get ready to restructure and do something different with with uh with Trey. I mean, let's worry about that, you know. Let's worry when about that. that time when time comes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's worry about that when it get there, man. Let's keep watching this good football. We winning. And uh yeah, that's where I'm at with it. What what are your thoughts on the 49ers and like just how they look right now compared to the rest of the NFC? You know what? We look dangerous. We look dangerous. The Cowboys, I mean, they don't they have the worst probably the worst division in the NFC. They're in one of the eh, I don't know. Uh everyone else is what what we're expecting Tampa Bay to look good. We're expecting Green Bay to look good. We're expecting the Rams and and uh the Cardinals to look good. But we sitting right there with them. I'm not afraid of nobody else that we got to play outside of seeing Tampa Bay, which is going to be a big game if we if we make it that far in the playoffs. Other than that, man, everybody else is winnable. It's a winnable game. Yeah. Yeah, and those are my thoughts, man. I look at, you know, where the 49ers are right now, and, they, and if they can continue to kind of play like this, then they can beat anybody. Now, again, I think there's a little bit less room for error when you have – you know, a quarterback that's just a little limited. But you can win with him, and we've seen it before, and we're right. seeing it right now on this three-game winning streak. I, I think, you know, Jimmy is playing well. And if he continues to play like this, I do believe that they can beat anybody as long as it doesn't get in a big-time shootout, right? And, right. again, yeah, we we've seen him win that type of game, you know, a, a couple times. I saw him do that against Arizona a couple times, 2019, obviously the Saints that year. But I think that most people will agree that's not the – ideal way for him to win but no, it, we don't want there we don't back. want to shoot out we don't want to shoot out with an Aaron Rodgers a Tom Brady we don't want to shoot out with Kyler Murray we don't want to shoot out with none of those guys man we want to dominate the time of possession with the run and allow Jimmy to get those those short third down passes off that our guys are elite at getting yards after the catch with that's what we want that's the type yeah. of football we play right now that's what we want to see, man. That's what awesome, we want to man. see. And I'll remember if uh, I, I, a while back I told you I'm I'm area I'm big bro. That's like little bro right there. Not blood relation. But oh that, yeah, I be seeing you in his pictures. I be seeing yeah, yeah, pictures. Yeah. So it'd be all y'all in uh like Verrett and stuff. Not, y'all yeah, be, uh... my brother and them. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there, man. It's yeah. a small world, man. Hell yeah, area. I mean, you know, we went to uh, Delta together, 2005. Right. He was a receiver. I, you know, I was a corner, so you know, we would go at it. You know, and I be going to, you know, sometimes, especially when I'm in the 209, I go to hit him and Rose's crib. You know what I'm saying? They, you know, birthday party, stuff like that. So, yeah, that's yeah. my dog, man. That's Me my and dog. my brother was laughing when you was talking about how uh, how uh, Stevie Styles was, get, was uh, scraping the foot field with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was. Hey, Stevie no, you know Johnson, what? man. Yeah. Stevie Johnson, <clears throat> that was one of the more frustrating one-on-one. Like, you know, we were working out together. This was when I was with the Jets. Stevie yeah. Johnson was with Buffalo, and I think he just right. signed a big contract, yeah, thirty-five yeah, million. And uh, I mean, 
it dude hopped out hopped out the Range Rover, hopped on the skateboard, had the little crop top shirt with the little yeah, shorts on. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you know, he comes skates up to the to the field <laughs> and just I couldn't do nothing with him, bro. Everything I did, he countered. And I was like, yeah. this was peak me. Like yeah. the best shape I've ever been in. Facts. Like just on point with everything. And it did not matter. Stevie Johnson do his do his Steve is special, monster. right? Steve is special. Yeah. So that's all one conglomerate, man. Steve, Jason, he's that's little little bro. Yeah. That's all one little circle. How, how's Red doing, man, with the knee injury and everything? Oh, uh, good, man. Jay's doing good, man. For sure. I yeah. talked to my people, my, my little bro. He told me he's good spirits, man. It's looking good for the guy. Speedy right, recovery. Sure, yep, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to let you go, Croc. All right. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah. All right. That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, I wanted to touch on one thing that I saw in the comments. Hopefully, I see it again. I. See, that's what that's what makes it tough, man. When I when I when it's not a super chat, man. Y'all want to get y'all questions answered, man. Super chat, because there was a good question in here. I gotta find it. One second. Again, I appreciate everybody that's in here right now. If you like this show, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, all that good stuff. Uh, we want to shoot out with Trey Lance, though. No, we don't want to shoot out with Trey Lance either. I think right now, the way the 49ers are playing, the way that they're winning. I think ideally, especially early on in Trey Lance's career, like that's who you want. You want him. You want it'll look different, like in the sense of how they do it, but you don't want to throw everything on him and put him in the shootout. Like that's not what you want for him. Now, Jimmy's in his eighth year or whatever it is. So you you would expect a little bit more. Like when Trey Lance is in his eighth year, you hope that he can get in the shootout. I mean, I'd say by year three, you want him to be able to compete in the shootout. One thing about Trey Lance, and I was talk to, talking about it with my big brother. My brother's a Cowboy fan, diehard Cowboy fan. And he's like, um, you know, Dak Prescott. And we watched Dak Prescott his rookie year. Dak Prescott was, quote-unquote, game manager, but he was doing it at a high level. Uh, handing the ball off to Zeke Elliott. Zeke was going crazy. I think he ran, what, 15, 1,600 yards. Dak, what, what do you throw, 25 touchdowns, five picks, something like that. Uh, you know, they went to the divisional round playoffs. This is rookie year. The next year, they needed a little bit more from him. And, I mean, it was it was crappy. I think they went 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, You know, this was his second year. Coming off of a big, what, 13-3 and three year. 8-8 eight and eight the next year. Really looked weird. Didn't have Zeke. Looked like a shell of himself as a quarterback. So, early on, man, in those first few years, guys, they just kind of need that. They need that, like, coddling a little bit. Most of the time. Most of the time. That wasn't the question I wanted to get to, though. There was another one. Oh, right here. Are fans giving Kyle his due yet? You know, so me, I I was critical of Kyle, but not in the way that other people were, right? Like, I, there were a lot of people that were critical of Kyle and his play calling. I have never questioned his play calling. I think a lot of it's there, and I think a lot of it is execution. My, my criticism of Kyle Shanahan was more so on the fact that your guys aren't executing. And to me, that falls on the head coach. And then there were weird things going on with just the leadership and like, where's it going to come from? And the handling of certain players, which obviously has turned out to maybe not be the worst thing, but just how it was looking, where the 49ers were headed, four straight losses. Again, I never questioned his ability to coach and call plays. But to me, it's, there's more to head coaching, being a head coach, right? Not a coordinator, not a play caller, more to being a head coach than just being able to call plays. And 
I thought it looked like he was lacking at those things. Now, how are you going to bring it together and how are you going to stop this talk? It was always going to be win games. You win games, a lot of that is going to calm down a little bit. And now, obviously, we see the 49ers three-game winning streak, and we don't hear the Kyle Shanahan stuff. You don't hear the criticism of me. It seems like things are together. To me, it was all about, Kyle, how are you going to be the guy to get these guys to execute? How are you going to get them to play and, and, and not look like they're giving up? The Cardinals game was a disaster, the second one. Disaster. They looked like they quit. They looked like they gave up. They weren't tackling. There was no poor execution. The 49ers did everything to lose games. And it was like, dude, this is happening on your watch, Kyle. So I held him accountable for that and was thinking, well, maybe he has too much on his plate. Maybe he shouldn't be player personnel guy and head coach and all that. Maybe he should delegate everything and just focus on one thing, right? Maybe he should focus on being a head coach even more so than a play caller, even though I didn't think his play calling was the issue, but you're suffering everywhere else. Clearly, the 49ers have gotten it together, and I think Kyle Shanahan has done a good job uh, with whatever changes they made, whether it was holding other guys accountable, yelling at Jimmy Garoppolo, telling him to get his stuff together, whatever it is, he's done a good job of that. So I don't know if other people are giving Kyle his his due, but uh, I think he's done a terrific turnaround, and it's not because of the play calls. It's about everything else that goes into winning football games. All right, here we go. Got my guy Logan coming on. Logan, what's good, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Got you. All right. Hey, uh, just about this game last week, um, uh, the main thing I take away from it is, like, the grit that the team has now. It just seems like, especially near the end with, like, Debo on the sidelines, even though he's hurt, just pumping the whole team up. Like, they all look like a family now is what I'm trying to say. You, you know, it's, it's just – they look like a, a team that could, like, make a run now, you know? Yeah, no, definitely, man. They're, they're playing. And, and, again, winning cures all. You start winning, people's vibes change. Because, trust me, I've been in winning locker rooms. I've been in losing locker rooms. And when you're in losing locker rooms, things start kind of spreading. There, there could be, like, these little viruses in there. And the viruses can start to get to other people and things start spreading. And, and, I, and I've been a part of losing teams where – you know, the preparation isn't as high as when you were winning and you're kind of just going out there and you're playing and it's like, you know, you're kind of doing your thing, but you're not the standard when you're losing. It's tough to keep that up. So I think that they've done a good job of that. Now, once that's up and you're on the, now everything else, everything, the, the, what you see Debo doing like that, that comes, yeah, when we're winning, we're on a winning streak and guys are kicking ass out there. That comes a little bit more natural. It's easy to do it when you're winning. And I'm not calling them front runners. But I'm yeah. just saying what we're seeing right now, that comes from the confidence and everything with uh, what happens when you're on a three-game winning streak. Yeah. Um, the whole Josh Norman thing, if you would ask me three weeks ago or something like three, four weeks ago, I always said I'd, I'd never want to see him on the field again. But, like, these past couple weeks, it's just like every every game, he's almost guaranteed to cause a fumble. And I'm on board with you where it's just like, Okay, I'll let you have that, you know, 30 yard bomb or whatever. But if you get down to the five yard line or something like that, just like last weekend, um, and you can knock the ball out, potentially us to get it back, I think it's worth okay, I, I, all the bad I, to have only, that amazing shot again, the ball I, back. My, my only pushback would be I'm not okay with giving them 30 yard plays. Like, I, I'm not, so I'm not saying, no, that. I know, but I'm saying, I'm saying it could be the good and bad. Like, in games, right, a quarterback, like, okay, Kirk Cousins. 
his over-under was set at 268 yards, right? And he's capable of throwing for that many yards in a game. Those yards are going to come from somewhere, right? Like, that's my thing. Like, you're not – you're most likely not going to hold him to under 200 yards, most likely, right? Just because of, he's a good enough quarterback. He's a top-10 quarterback in the NFL. He has the ability to throw for a good amount of yards. So – what I'm saying is if Josh Norman gets beat on a play, like I expect someone to get beat throughout a game to where it totals 250 yards or something from an opposing quarterback. Like those things are going to happen. Those things happen in every game, not just 49. Jimmy Garoppolo threw for 230 something yards. He was playing against an opposing secondary. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, people yeah. seem like everybody's supposed to be shut down, and the 49ers are only going to give up 50 yards passing in the game. Not going to happen with the way guys are able to attack defenses. So, if Josh Norman gives up a catch, in my eyes, well, somebody's going to give up the catch until he's getting picked on. Again, when I say picked on, there are guys that get started to get targeted like 10 times in the game, 12 times in the game. If he gets targeted to that standpoint and he's just giving up plays and plays and he looks like he can't play, then, hell yeah, man, take him out. But that's yeah, not the case. Yeah. It's a catch here and there. It's a penalty here and there. And it's him punching the ball out and potentially forcing a takeaway. So I look at it from that standpoint. I hope that makes sense. I mean, yeah, definitely. Definitely makes sense. Uh, and I don't – did Jefferson even get over 100? I think I saw him at like 89 or something like that. Uh, 83. And if you follow me on Underdog Fantasy, I told everybody, take the under on his uh, yards. <laughs> I'll take the that over up. on Thielen's yards. I was right on both of those. So, Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, That's pretty much all I got. Uh, Hey, great show, man. Keep up the good work. Appreciate it, Logan. Thank you. All right, here we go. Got my guy, Ryan on, a.k.a. Ricky Williams. Ryan, how you doing this morning, man? Ryan, you there? hear me? Yes, sir. I got you. How you doing? Uh oh, he's out. Real quick, while we got a brief break, y'all see what the hell is going on, man? Got my USC jersey on. Now here's the thing, because my guy Chris, my guy Chris Roscoe, he usually comes on, and he's the USC guy. Like he's the biggest USC fan that I know. I know Dion's in here. Dion, Dion's in the chat. He's a UCLA guy. Now, I grew up more of a – I grew up more of a, a Miami Hurricane fan. But when I went to college, 2010, 2000 – and I always liked USC, but I like – I mean, come on, man. You couldn't be watching college football in the late 90s, early 2000s and watching, uh, you know, Miami football and not fall in love with their brand of football and how they went about it, all right? So, I always – I like Miami and all that, and – but when I got to college, and again, I like Reggie Bush. He was my favorite player. I'm like, Reggie Bush is great. I watched a lot of USC. So I like USC, but Miami was kind of my team. When I got to college and I heard how bad these guys talk about West Coast football, it made me hate. It made me hate that the, 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 the SEC, all that. And I wanted the, the Pac-12 to win. And SC was like, that's my team. Like, I know if, if USC is balling, Pac-12 is going to be much better, and they're going to hold it down for West Coast football. So I really turned more into, like, a USC fan. Now, I'm not, like, a super fan or anything like that, 
But I'm just, I'm a fan of West Coast football, high school football, high school players, uh, college football. Like, I want to see West Coast do well. And if I had to pick one team out of all that, obviously it's USC. Uh, that saying, I've been very critical of West Coast football as of late because it wasn't pretty. And USC, it wasn't pretty. And it's just like, they, they don't care as much. Like, it was just bad, everything about it. And it's awesome to see USC go out, get Lincoln Riley and what he's going to do for USC. I'm really excited to see what happens with USC, man. Like, that's that's big time. You see the guys flipping. Got my guy, Riley Brown. I coach Riley. Where's my Edison stuff at? So I coach, I coach Raleigh Brown at Edison, E-House, his sophomore year. He already had offers from everybody in the nation. He was already a five-star uh, recruit. Uh, he already got offered from USC, Alabama, everybody. Uh, that was when I coached him his sophomore year, Edison High School. He's from Stockton, California. He ended up transferring to modern day. Obviously, they're doing big things, uh, competing for state. He's a big part of that. But he's one of the five-star recruits that it looks like might flip. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, that's kind of just my take on that. But um, I don't have too much more time in here. Remember, I got to take my niece to the airport. But real quick, my guy Ryan, he's in here. What's good, Ryan? How you doing, bro? What's cracking like Brody, man? I'm just really glad and impressed with the win we got yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep, gotcha. Hello? Gotcha. Oh, okay. Nah, man, I was just happy and impressed with the W yesterday, man. The team played good. Shanahan coached a little scared. He was a little skittish, you know what I'm saying? Made me a little upset, but, you know, that just comes along with the territory, man. I think the defense held up. They did their thing as well. And uh, for overall, man, it was everything was good. So, yeah, man, I was – got that dub, man. You know what I'm saying? I was telling uh, – That's good. What you and winning streak. The other guy talking about Kyle Shanahan, man. Yeah, I say – I don't think we were mad at Kyle. We just was disappointed at the team's product. It was just looking bad. You know, but with adjustments and stuff like that, the team is playing better. You know what I mean? And I don't, we can be objective and call out uh, what's going on with Kyle. And hopefully, people, fans don't think that we want to fire him. It's just that we know that the team can do better with the talent that we do have. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. when someone critiques the team, can't automatic think we're trying to call for everybody to be fired. It's just not like that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, yeah, I understand, man. man. All right, appreciate you coming on, Ryan. I'm gonna get the next caller on. All right, here we go. I got Bradley coming on real quick before I get Bradley on. Uh, let me go. Niners, Dodgers. If no Debo, do you think we can still beat the Hawks? I think it makes it, it makes it tougher because Debo's just been such a terrific playmaker. Obviously, somebody the 49ers offense is leaned on. Seahawks game, I mean, Seahawks are always, I hate the Seahawks because it, it doesn't matter how down they are, they're going to get up for this game. So we can see Russell Wilson, everything he's going through, their ups and downs. Do they play tonight? I think they play tonight, right? Uh, if they play tonight, they may very well lose. And at the end of the day, when the 49ers travel up to Seattle, all that stuff goes out the window. It all goes out the window. They're going to be up for that game. And Hopefully, the 49ers kick their ass. But I do think that Debo, it, it hurts not having them. Now, yeah, you can still beat them, but it hurts not having them. Now, you might have to really focus a little bit more on featuring uh, George Kittle, but uh, Brandon Ayuk and, and, you know, Trent Sherfield get him involved, and Juwan Jennings, he's coming along. And But um, it hurts. It hurts not having Debo. I'm not going to lie. 
That game, I don't care about what the records are. I think you throw all that out. That game right there is going to be a big dog battle. And again, they got, they got, they got a uh, Russell Wilson back. 49ers should win. They're supposed to win, but I don't look at that game like, oh, it's just a gimme because it just never has been. What's good, Bradley? Hey, good morning, sir. How was your weekend? Good, man. Good. How uh, how was your weekend? My, my weekend was a lot better because uh, Lakers won, Niners won, USC got Lincoln Riley. So that was awesome. Awesome. Good, good. Mine was good because the Niners win. I get kind of down for a whole entire night if the Niners lose. So my night was good. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you this, you're not the only one, man. When, you know, I do locked on 49ers with my guy, Brian Peacock, and we see the numbers. So we know when the 49ers are losing, what the numbers look like, as opposed to when the 49ers are winning. And real quick, if y'all aren't already, go, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Locked on 49ers is now on YouTube, and we've already hit over 1,000 subscribers in just seven days. Our goal was one week from Sunday to Sunday, hit 1,000 subscribers, and we did that. So go subscribe, Locked on 49ers. We go live a couple of times a week as well. But, uh, yeah, definitely, 49er fan base is much more engaged when the team is winning. And, you know, it's a lot more fun to hear about the things your team is doing right as opposed to the team just being ass and on a four-game losing streak like they were earlier. Oh, yeah. Um, one thing uh, that I wanted to um, talk about, I guess, is just the energy of the team. I like watching the videos of the 49ers coming out before the game starts. They got the giant two boom boxes on their shoulders, and Trent Williams and Debo Samuel are always dancing. And uh, I just feel like the vibe of the team is uh, completely different. I just feel like we have, like, the souls of all of our last opponents attached to us and our energy just going forward. But I am worried about the Seahawks game because Jimmy does – not do good when he gets pressure in his face and they take away the middle of the field. And the Seahawks are always really good at doing that against us, and he has no one to throw to. Because you look at all those throws that he had during this last game. They were all in the middle of the field. Someone was wide open, someone uh, found a hole in the zone or something like that, or they were really nice throws on slants over the middle. So when teams take that away, Jimmy does not do good, and uh, I'm really nervous about the Seahawks game. But I'm so excited about the vibe of the team and the energy of the team. It just feels like everyone's real playful right now. Did you see Juwan Jennings' interview? Um, I saw, like, a little clip. They asked one question. I saw that, but I didn't see, like, the whole thing. Oh, yeah, he just had this positive energy, like, uh, you know, he was just, like, an understudy and was really excited about just being able to play with the guys that he is. And uh, I, I think that he, uh, him and Norman are bringing kind of a feisty, playful energy to the team, and I really like that for the younger guys. Yeah, kind of reminds me of uh, Kendrick Bourne a little bit. Kendrick Bourne doing his thing over there in New England, man. A lot of people uh, didn't care that he was leaving, but uh, – you know, and obviously the 49ers offense right now is picked up, but miss my guy Kendrick Bourne, man. Miss my guy. But I appreciate you coming on, Bradley. I'm gonna get the next caller on. Yeah, have a good rest of the day, sir. All right, you have a good one. Here we go, Rich. What's good, Rich? How you doing? Good morning. So Crocky. Hold on, real quick, I want to address one thing. I see some people in the uh in the comments saying Kittle is a blocker first. I think Kittle is a football player first. I don't think just a blocker. I think he's, and when I say football player, he's just going to be somebody that whatever you ask of him, he's going to do it. I I mean, blocking is fun and all that, but 
I don't think Kittle Kittle doesn't care about what he has to do. He just he just does it. So if you're asking him to catch 12 passes for 150 yards, he's gonna love that. If you ask him to block all game, he's gonna love that. I just don't think Kittle cares. Kittle is a football player first and foremost. So just kind of wanted to talk about that real quick. But what's on your mind, Rich? Uh, not much. I lost a little respect for you when you said you were a Lakers fan, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I just I just don't like LeBron James at all. But um, no, I, I'm. You know, first I was a. I want to say I was probably the uh, on board with Byron Shanahan. I know there were some comments in the section. I'll admit, but um, I, I think he's been. His play calling has been very, uh, um, you know, in tune lately. And, uh, you know, he, or in rhythm, I should say, um, which it wasn't at the beginning of the season. I think he found something, especially in Debo, using him as a running back. But I think most importantly, I think what happened is is um, getting Ayuk more involved. Whatever that situation was, I don't know, but, um, you know, someone someone commented about the seat or – you know, put in the chat about the Seahawks game. And I think – I don't take the Seahawks lightly, but I think, you know, they have a real good chance because Ayuk is more involved, because they're getting these guys more involved. And I think Kittle will probably be more involved, um, you know, especially in the pass-catching game because Debo – if Debo's out. Um, but I like where they're sitting, you know, especially, you know, making a playoff push. Uh, the only game that I, I see on the on – the, the, the calendar that really that I see as a as a loss is probably the Bengals. Uh, I would have said the Titans, but they're real banged up, and without their wide receivers, I'm I'm just I don't know if they can if they can keep the pace that they were on. But uh, I like where this team is heading. And just one final thought on on the Josh Norman situation. I I just don't get it, man. I'm with you. Our pass, I'm trying to not use words like our, but this pass defense that the 49ers have is like number three in the league. You don't just get there by 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 happen chance. You got to have not just a good D line, but a good back end too. And I think if if they want to kill anybody, what they really need to target is Eric Armstead. That dude, for as much as he's getting paid, you haven't heard squat from him. Right. Yesterday, I don't think I heard his name once. But you heard you heard Kevin Gibbons, you heard Art, you hear Arden Key, Bosa, you hear all the time. But where is Eric Armstead, man? That guy gets paid way too much to not get brought up at all. So I mean, that's just my thoughts. Uh, appreciate your show, man, and uh, look forward to hearing what you what you got to say. All right, appreciate you coming on, Rich. All right, we go. Got my guy Dion on. And real quick, I had a question. I see my guy Darius. He said, uh, you started early today. Yeah, I started early because uh, I have to take my niece to the airport. And the airport is in Little Rock. It's an hour and a half away. So uh, I got on early so I can really kind of get a full show in. Uh, yeah, so we started at, at 6 a.m. Pacific time this morning. But, you know, everybody's able to go back, listen, watch the whole thing. Again, if you haven't already, hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. You know, we come on here every morning, typically 6.30 a.m. Pacific time, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. I'm Central time, so it's 8.30 after I drop my kids off at school. But I appreciate everybody that's typically in here in the chat. Got 240 all in here. Make sure you guys, if you haven't already, hit that like button, 
hit the subscribe button. I only have, last time I checked, 79 likes. All right, so 79 likes, and there's 240 of y'all in here. So click that chat down right now. Hit that like button. Let this thing be seen, man. Helps with the algorithm. I appreciate all y'all for the support of this channel. But my guy Dion, what's good? Or did Dion freeze? Uh-oh. Dion froze. Oh, there he goes. Good. What's good, Dion? What's good with you, Crocky? Hey, man, this was a good team win. We ain't had no problems. We ain't had no worries. You know, everything seemed to work out well. Um, the way Uh-oh, Dion, we lost you. Dion's having a little bit of technical difficulty. We just got to remove him from the chat. Let's see if he's back now. Okay, looks like Dion might be back. All right, Dion. Yeah, sorry, bro. Yeah, I'll be, be connecting to my Wi-Fi since I'll be taking these walks, man. But long story short for me, bro, I, Jawan Jennings is who Kyle Shanahan wanted Jalen Hurd to be. So... All that, all what he wanted from Jalen Hurd, he gonna get it out of Jawan Jennings. And I'm telling you right now, the beauty of it is, man, we coming on strong. We doing what we supposed to do, and we did what we wanted to do. We ran the ball. That's what you're supposed to do. Run the ball. It's that simple. Like right. ran the ball the way we were supposed to. And Jimmy, the the TD pass to Jennings that he actually didn't get, I was very surprised. He put that joint right in the corner of the end zone, only where Jennings could get it. And I was like, okay, Jimmy, all right. I give you a little respect for that. I ain't never seen you make it, though, like that. But, you know, okay, dig that. But, yeah, man, we ran the ball perfectly. We did what we were supposed to do. And once again, I'll take the game management, man. I will take that easily. I'm not going to stress. not going to be upset. I'm going to be cool about it. Do your thing, Jimmy. We got the W. That's all that matters. Um, I agree with you about the Seahawks game. I, I, don't, I don't trust it. I don't trust it at all because it, it's hard, man, because the Seahawks game, we wind up in those situations where we always they always play us hard, but they just know us, and they're a division opponent, so it's, it's, it's real scary, but we just got to be real careful about it, man. But I appreciate you coming on. Congrats on uh, Lincoln Riley. Um, and everything going on with that, bro. Um, you know, hopefully your recruiting classes will continue to get better and everybody will be good. Um, and we should be perfectly fine, man. I don't have no issues, no problems, you know, with what y'all doing. Um, just next year, come see us because we bought that life. You see our life going to come all day, every day. We're going to see. We're going to see what Chip Kelly got cooking up, man. He yes, was kind of on the hot seat, but it looks like uh, – this year is probably going to hold them over. We'll see. DTR going to be back next year? Uh, honestly, to tell you the truth, I, because the recruiting class the, for quarterbacks is so trash, he might he might take the leap just because he can get paid easier. You know what I mean? Somebody might take a chance on him because he's starting to develop better as a passer. He's not the greatest, but he's developing a lot better as a passer. And it, it's starting to come along. And, you know, it's, he's still a little bit of a project. You still got to work with him. But his dual threat ability, somebody will bite on that easy just because they know they can use him in, in, in two separate ways. So I think he, he, may, he may or may not come back. But if you want to get paid, he'll probably do it now because the quarterback class coming out this year is hot garbage, you know, which is why when we trade Jimmy, somebody would be desperate enough to possibly give us a second-round pick, possibly. Don't don't kill me in the chat, guys. Possibly. I think I mean 
depending on how Jimmy Garoppolo finishes this year, I, th- I think there's a yeah. chance that a team like New Orleans Saints, and I know they're up against it with the cap, but I, I think there's an opportunity for someone to be like, hey, we'll give you a first to get a guy like him, you know, because this yeah. class isn't, you know, it's like, do you get somebody that's going to be a nine-year pro? And I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo, his skill set and how he wins kind of mirrors, I don't want to say it mirrors, Drew Brees, but you know, more quick can, passing and rhythm, and Sean Payton knows exactly how to utilize that. And, yep. and Jimmy plays good enough football to win. So, you know, I think there are teams that will potentially be willing to give up a first for Jimmy. People think that's crazy, but I, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, hey, if the dude say he goes in and wins at least one playoff game, and even if we get put out in the second game, you know, that'll be play. That's enough. All right. That's all you need just to boost that trade value. But hey, man, I appreciate you, Crocky. Hopefully you get your your niece to the airport safely. She gets on her flight, you know, and she gets home safely. I appreciate you, man. Like I said, congrats on the Lincoln Riley thing. I think it's good for SC. Um, and uh, you know, I I used to work there, so I know SC like the back of my hand. I was I was working there when uh, when Reggie Bush and and Matt Leinart and all those dudes were there. Yeah. So it, it it was cool. Although I you know I have to say this, Reggie Bush is an asshole. Reggie? He's real stuck up. He was real stuck up, bro. But very, very so snobby. Was, is this when he was in college? Yes. Okay, so, okay, hold on. Yeah, he was feeling, I mean, he, yeah, when he was in college, he was feeling himself to the max. That's tough because you got to look at who, I mean, he was the man, like, right? Yes. He was like the guy, he was bigger in like, when you're the man and you're at USC, mm-hmm. I think it, it could be easy to yeah. kind of, you know, walk and around some way. But I, I, I would think... assume that that, that rich Reggie Bush, who was young, we're talking about 20, 21 yeah. years old, you know, I, I'd assume that this is a different version of him now as a mature adult. And I bet you, and the thing, the funny Someone the one thing I'll tell you, the one thing I'll <laughs> tell you is, is that um, Matt Leinart, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in your life. He was so polite, bro. One of the nicest people. And they're all, the, the, the offensive line, gentle giants, man. Big dudes holding it down, but gentle giants. And they were nice, man. They were cool. Because I used to work in a bookstore and I got the books and stuff for him, man. Reggie was missing one book and he took it out on one of the, one of the cats that was working there. So I had to check the situation cause dude just standing there getting verbally abused. So I walked in, I was like, okay, is there a problem? He's like, yeah, man, this dude forgot my book. I was like, okay, can you relax? Bring it down a notch, bro. I don't know who you're talking to, but you're not going to take that tone with me. I was like, yeah. what book are you missing? He told me I came, I got it. And, I, and then because he was being a dick, I just threw it on the, I threw it right on the desk. I was like, well, get your book. It almost fell on the floor. Don't think, and I, and I looked at him, I said, do not think because you are a star athlete, you get to treat people like shit. You better get that out of your head now. You better be humble. Have some fucking respect, man. Don't talk to people like that, bro. That's not cool. That's not cool. And he just looked he at me and one, of, and, one of, and one of the linemen looked at me and he was like, man, nobody ever talked to Reggie that way. And I was like, I don't care who he is or what he does. You still have to have respect for people. I said, because there's going to come a day when he's going to do that to the wrong person. Somebody going to punch him in the face. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Or worse. And we've seen some of the athletes get yes, shot sir. and all type of other stuff. So, but yeah, man, appreciate you coming on, big all guy. Right, bro. Peace. All right, real quick, if you haven't already, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Shout out to everybody in the chat. 260 of y'all. That's what's up. That's what's up. Click the chat down. Hit the like button. Uh, Underdog Fantasy. Promo code Crocky. Manscaped. I haven't even talked about Manscaped. And today, y'all know what today is. Manscaped Monday. Today is Manscaped Monday. So make sure, you know, you get the shower, get trimmed up. Again, don't be walking around crazy. Get sexy for your lady. Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. 
Right now, through the holidays, they've had a 25% off discount on everything throughout the website. But, um, you know, even if you don't get that 25% off, you know, you get it tomorrow or whatever, use promo code Crocky and you'll get 20% off of your order. All right, 20% off by using Crocky, promo code Crocky at manscaped.com. Did have something I wanted to touch on right here. It says, no way in hell Jimmy fetches a first. No one in the league considers him at that level. We could get lucky with a second or third rounder. And I hear my this is my pushback on that. The quarterback market is what the market like that. I it's it's not a it's not a a logical thing. The quarterback market is not logical. All right. The logical thing would be, yes, Jimmy is not worth a first round pick. But when it comes to quarterbacks in the markets and what that demands is just like money. Did Jimmy, was Jimmy worth $137 million when they signed him? No. The logical thing was, hey, let's wait, see it out, see when we can, but it's not logical. Nothing is logical when it comes to a quarterback position. When you see these guys get drafted super high every year, the reason why the 49ers had to, you know, move up to potentially the third spot to draft a guy like Trey Lance because the quarterback market is not logical. It's not logical in the draft. It's not logical in free agency. It's not logical when it comes to trading for a guy, right? Like you're going to have to give up more. Whatever you think, if you think he's worth a second through third round pick, the NFL probably thinks that too, but it's probably going to take a first. Probably. Now, if you think he's worth a fourth or fifth round pick, then it's probably going to take a second. Whenever you're thinking, go a little bit above that, and that's likely what you'll get if he continues to play at this level. Because you have to look at it like this. There are not a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo is a quarterback you can win with. This class that's coming out, you can say, you know what? I'd rather take a chance with Kenny Pickett, right? So if you're the New Orleans Saints or you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, go ahead and draft Kenny Pickett. But there's more of a chance that Kenny Pickett doesn't work out than there is Jimmy Garoppolo not come in and be able to win in a good situation. So how much do you value that? If you are Mike Tomlin, who's used to winning, and you lose Ben Roethlisberger, do you want to say, all right, I'm just going to put this, I'm going to put the next three years in the hands of Kenny Pickett, or like who people aren't really that high on, but he's getting pumped up because, well, this class isn't strong. Or, you know what, we can go get Jimmy Garoppolo. We know we can win with him, and we'll see if we can draft somebody second round, third round, and develop him. Now, if you're thinking, well, we're going to get Jimmy for a second or third, and the 49ers are like, well, I got the Saints offering this, you're going to have to pony up something more for it. How much is it, how much is it worth for your organization to hit the ground running and win? And you can win with Jimmy Garoppolo, especially in the right situation. Pittsburgh typically is known for having a good defense. They have a plethora of weapons. They got a run game with Najee Harris. They want to feed him the ball, get him the ball in space. That can work well with Jimmy Garoppolo. You have... New Orleans Saints, quick game. They got Michael Thomas. They got these other receivers that are doing well. You got Alvin Kamara. You can throw the ball to him. You can hand the ball off to him. A good situation for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. So, again, I'm not saying they're going to get it first, but I'm saying I I could see a scenario where they do because the quarterback market is is unlike any other. That's why guys make all this crazy money that ain't did nothing. A lot of times you'll look and see the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league don't even be winning. I hope that makes sense. But again, I appreciate everybody coming. You know what? I gotta go on, go on YouTube real quick and talk and, and, and talk my stuff. Cause you know, I got the I got the uh jersey on. Y'all see what's going on. You know what I'm saying? 
Y'all, you know, hey, all y'all right now in the chat, everybody that's going up in the chat, you guys are on, on the Instagram. All right, right here. You guys see it. 240 people in here. The chat's going up. Y'all go ahead and say hi. All my folks in here. You see the USC jersey. Fight on. <laughs> all right, y'all. I got to get out of here. I got to get my niece to the airport. I appreciate everybody that has been in here, contributed to a great show. Again, if you if you don't know, this will be up on podcast shortly. So whatever podcast you listen to, somebody said, crack with the iPhone XR. I actually also have an iPhone. Uh, I have an iPhone 12 Max or whatever, but it's uh, I'm using that to record. So this right here, that's an iPhone as well. So I got two phones. And for whatever reason, I use the iPhone XR to do my stream. I might go today while I'm in Little Rock and go get me a new camera. They got the uh, the Sony camera that's specifically for streaming. It's going to cost about $700, but uh, might go get that. They got a, it's, it's like $200 off right now. So I'll probably go get that today. I'm making more money now with all my streaming stuff. So I guess I got to use more for taxes or I'm about to buy, I have to buy more stuff or they're just going to take it from me in Texas, I guess. That's kind of the what I hear. But um, appreciate everybody, man. 49ers, let's go. Three-game winning streak. Fifth seed, sixth seed, excuse me. Half a game out of the fifth seed. They're, 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 on, they're on the Rams' ass right now. And I don't know about y'all. I'm going to be at the Rams game in L.A. All y'all, are y'all going to be in the, uh, the game on, the, at the game on L.A.? Who's going to be there? I'm going to be there. All right, I'm going to be there. 49ers. L.A. Rams, there's a chance that Trey Lance might start that game, depending on if the 49ers clearly are still a playoff team and if there's no movement available. I bet they'll start. I bet they'll start Trey Lance. I bet they will. But I'm going to be there. Uh, real quick, obviously this is the, you know, frontline sports media account. There, I will be adding more uh, podcasts to this. So, yeah, you guys, you know, you guys got to get the crock morning show every morning, but my guys, uh, Jasper and Jamal, their podcast will be up soon. Uh, we're going to start that. They'll be on once a week live on the YouTube channel. And also you'll be able to hear it on all the streaming platforms. I got a soccer podcast coming, man. We're trying to, we're trying to grow, man. And again, I couldn't do it without the help of y'all. So I appreciate everybody that has contributed to the show. Merchandise coming soon. Got the hats coming in tomorrow. So hats, beanies. If y'all want some frontline gear, it's coming, baby. It's coming. Gets here tomorrow. So, uh, I appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate y'all. I'm out. Peace. Intercepted. It is picked up by Eric Crocker. Over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. The Crop Talk TV Podcast. Peace. Peace.